0: Welcome to this latest edition, this abbreviated edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm Sir I'm Real Gerald Quinn, I'm taking you here on this abbreviated edition of the, of the podcast. Of this podcast, I won't be with you too long, but a few things going on in regards to the NBA. Of course, glad to be here with you for my YouTube page, um, for my YouTube streaming live one more for my YouTube channel, Real Deal Podcast. Um, of course, the NBA is front and center. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, as all three games have been uh, postponed. Um, the, this started with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, refusing to take the floor, refusing to play um, in response to the in response to the shooting of one Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times, seven times in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Seven times with his back, you know, in in the back by by all by police officers. Uh, So this is in response to that. Um, You kind of saw this coming from last night. Um, If you heard Doc Rivers' speech in the not speech uh, in the post game press conference, a very passionate, emotional speech on the state of you know, basically of, of you know of race in this country in regards to, you know, the fear, basically fear of the police and what's going on with the police. Um, also, George Hill, you had George Hill talking about, we they, we shouldn't even be playing in, um, yeah, George Hill mentioned, you know, either, yeah, it was, yeah, I don't think last night, I think it may have been the night before, uh, let's say, Wednesday, Monday night, George Hill was talking about that they should that, you know, we shouldn't even be playing in the NBA bubble, considering what's going on in our country. And, um, you know, Milwaukee, uh, understandably so, did what they had to do. Um, it was hard, it was no way that they were gonna play that game a day after, uh, a day after this shooting. And uh, give Milwaukee a lot of credit, um, give the NBA as a whole a lot of credit. The NBA, by far and away, is the most progressive out of all the four major sports leagues, uh, by far and away, it's not—it's really not even close. Now, Milwaukee Brewers did decide to um, postpone their game uh, in Milwaukee as well. So I gotta be fair about that in regards to Major Baseball, as they—you know you all have have Milwaukee. They were supposed to—they uh, were supposed to play uh, at home. They decided not to play and uh, postpone their game, um, but this is about the NBA and about uh, players really at standing up at the forefront of what's going on in this country. And who knows where, you know, where this is going to go um, in regards to how many games are going to get canceled right now. You hear from a lot of players that they, you hear from a few players that just view, you know, themselves as being used Kind of as like, kind of like pawns in terms of sheer being, in terms of sheer entertainment, and it's, it's getting to them. It's getting to the fact that they're, you know, well, it's a couple of things. One, being away from their families, but two, not being able to uh, be out there, um, no longer pro- be out there protesting or or divulge all of their energy towards this civil unrest uh, in, within our country and. You know, there. You know, most of the players will tell you that they want you know, now that they've got. You know, they've committed this much. Especially the teams that are remaining, the teams that are going to advance, they'll probably sit, tell you that they they are committed to staying in the bubble. They probably will tell you that they, you know, they've made this amount of sacrifices with their families and they've gone come this far to where you know where some of these teams are on the cusp of being in the conference finals, and you have some. Like the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors, who are already in the conference uh, semifinals. Excuse me, semi semifinals. So, most I don't expect that the season will be shut down behind this, but I do expect that um, you're going to see some players uh, make some demands out of the NBA and make some, and you know, uh, you know these players. Listen, this is a new generation of players in regards to being, you know, you see what LeBron is doing with his voting campaign. You see other players are, these guys are not afraid to speak out. They're not afraid to speak out. They are not afraid to go against the grain. They don't care about what's what's being said to them by, you know, different politicians who are going to use this against them uh, in regards to they're going to use this to try to get themselves reelected. Or elected in 2020, with the election being right around the corner, Uh, the players don't care. I mean, these players just don't care about that. These players are gonna they're gonna stand up for what they believe in. You got these players who are passionate about this. I mean, you had players who, even before the season before the season we started, did not want to go down um, to Orlando, and it wasn't just Kyrie Irving. There was a few, a number of players. You know, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, uh, to name a few. George Hill. Um, it, was, it was a number of those players that were on those calls. I mean, I know Kyrie, Kyrie Irving got all the attention, but he was not the only one, uh, not by a long shot. So now the question is, what is next in regards to the uh, NBA? And, and and I'm not even talking about in terms of the season being continued or completed. I'm I'm fully confident that the season will be uh, completed. And that more than likely you will have, unless the you know unless Corona just destroys everything and, and shuts it down from that standpoint. Which, by the way, the NBA has done a phenomenal job at that. They have been up to this point there have been zero positive tests within the bubble, which and they should be applauded for that. But if Corona doesn't shut that doesn't shut the bubble down, then more than likely you're going to see a champion. Um, you're going to see a champion crowned in another. Uh, you know, in, in another month or so, a month and a half or so. But the bomb. But the bomb. The big. The bigger issue is in regards to this is what is going on in our country. What is going on in Portland, Oregon? What's going on in Wisconsin? Uh, you saw the video. Saw a guy, uh, seventeen-year-old white man, young man with a AR, AR forty-seven, I believe, or AR forty-seven or AR seventeen. Come out of nowhere in the streets, in the middle of the streets, and shooting was shooting at protesters. Uh, police just drove past them, even despite the fact that there were even people, protesters saying, this, "He's shooting! He's shooting! He's shooting!" Drove right past them. He went home. He got arrested today, but was allowed to was allowed to go home last night and slept in his own bed. And you know, got murdered. Two, he murdered two people and shot another one. And then even before that, they had this video of the cops with that same dude um, talking about, you know, basically treating them as they were like junior, junior, uh, junior G man or something, or 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 or, you know, extension of the police. You know, uh, giving them water, giving them, and you have a number. And this is they had there was an article in the Atlantic a couple months ago, maybe last month. There are a number of these groups who. Are infiltrating these protests and are going out there and feeling like they are trying to be vigilantes or trying to be vigilantes and try to do the jobs of the police or try to be an extension of the police by going at the protesters. So that that is nothing. This is nothing new. This guy just took it to an extreme by shooting, you know, shooting protesters and. You know, getting back to players, players don't want to feel like they they don't. The worst thing, you know, players want to win. The basketball down the bubble has been great. It's been high level. We've seen a lot of exciting games, a lot of you know, young players developing left and right, you know, Donovan Mitchells, Luka Doncic, and what have you, Jason Tatum's. But the players do not want to feel as if though they are a distraction to what is going on in this country. They don't want it, they really don't want any part of that. A lot of these players don't want want no part, and don't do not want a part, do not want to be a part of that narrative whatsoever. And you know you know, myself, I thought there, you know, I, and I've been consistent about this. I thought that there should be no sports play from the beginning with the with the pandemic. And also with what's going on, you know, in our country, you know, with protests and what's going on, just from Brian Taylor to George Floyd to a number of uh, innocent Black people that have been killed, even in innocent trans people that have been killed over the last three or four months, people that have been hung, and uh, just, you know, I, I thought just all that combined. That I didn't it didn't matter to me if I if I watch another game this year. And this is somebody you talking to somebody who follows sports basically, you know, follows sports with a passion. You know, real deal podcast. This is a sports, it's a sports and pop culture podcast. But um, players want no part of that narrative. Players want to feel like um, players want to feel like they their voices matter they want to feel like they want to stand with the people who are out there fighting for social injustice and fighting against systemic racism. They want to feel, they want to be all in. And you got a lot of these players, you got a few of these players, a number of them down there who are are conflicted. conflicted in terms of being down in the bubble and playing basketball while all this is going on. Despite the fact that they have a platform, post-game press conference, the uniforms, Taking a knee before the, uh, during the national anthem. Despite all of that, still got a lot of players who don't feel good about being down in Orlando. So I think I thought if I were to guess, I don't think they'll be basketball probably tomorrow. I, I think they'll probably you know will probably get back they'll probably get back to work or get back to playing on Friday, but I don't think there will be basketball tomorrow either. As well, again, I could be dead wrong. But um, got a, lot of, got a lot of angry players are out there right now. You know, Doc Rivers, coaches included uh, in regards to the NBA. And again, the NBA is, is, is heads and shoulders above anybody else, above, above, above anybody else in terms of sports league, in terms of how they're dealing with this and how they've dealt with this. Period. They are heads and shoulders above everybody else. So we will see. We'll see what happens um, in regards to this. Uh, again, Major League Baseball. You had the Milwaukee Brewers uh, postponing that game uh, against Oklahoma. I think they were playing Cincinnati. I'm looking to check that now. Milwaukee is playing? Uh, sh- 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 Yeah, they're playing Cincinnati. Uh, so that that game was postponed players because that game was, you know, it's in Milwaukee, so it's right in their backyards. Um, a couple of things I want to get to. Uh, I know that's – I want to get to before I had let you go. Um, you know, I really I, – I don't know if, I, if an apology is in order, but I kind of felt bad last night, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Paul George – uh, did his post game press conference. Um, Paul George last night, in where the, the you know, the, was a part of that Clipper route where they just embarrassed Dallas by 44 points. Was it 154 to 111 or 43 points? Just, you know, scored the most points in, in the history of their franchise. In 154 points in regulation, Paul George finally broke out of a three game slump with 35 points. And I have been killing Paul George, like, you know, People call him pandemic Paul and, you know, where's playoff Paul? And, you know, you know, he's MIA, you know, let's put an APB out for Paul George. Paul George came out, comes out yesterday and says last night, says he was in a dark place. Uh, Before game four, uh, the night before the game, you had Doc Rivers speaking to him in his hotel room, apparently, uh, trying to, you know, get his spirits up and trying to, you know, get him. You know, It's not even so much about basketball, probably trying to see how he was doing as as a human being. More so than a basketball, more so than a basketball player, though the production doesn't hurt. Certainly from your second best player, but I really felt bad um, considering that, you know, what he said is, you know, being in this bubble caused him anxiety, probably slight depression, being away from his family, and saying that he was in a, you know, he was in a funk in games two through uh, two to four. Three, he was in a three-game funk had a decent game he had a, he had a decent game one but it was in a three game funk to where he just was checked completely checked out and this is a guy who is one of the top 10 to 12 players in the world a, a perennial all-star a guy who is on a team as a legit who is my favorite to win it, to, to win the championship this year despite despite their struggles uh, with the Dallas Mavericks in this playoff series and you know this guy is kind of, kind of a reminder of you know mental health out here is it, real mental health does not discriminate discriminate against you know black white you could be latino you could be rich poor it doesn't matter mental health affects everybody um so i think that you know, we you know we attended we have a tendency to, to believe that or to think that just because paul george you know, makes tens of millions of dollars and is probably worth well over $100 million in terms of his last contract and, you know, has all the money that, you know, all the money in the world, that that means something in regards to his mental health. Uh, being down there isolated in the bubble, away from his family, away from his home. Uh, no, the money really doesn't mean anything at that point. The money cannot buy the peace of mind that, uh, you know, the money cannot hide, hide you depression, can't get, you know, can't, can't get you out of that dark place. And if, it, because if it was, if it did, Paul, you know, Paul George wouldn't, this wouldn't be a story. So I kind of felt a little bad about that in regards to, because I was killing Paul George. I mean, like, like, we're like, what's, what's going on? Like, I, you know, Paul George has been a, he hasn't been a great playoff player, but he's been a decent playoff player, His career average is about 20 points a game. He's had some. He's had some big series. You know, he's had a couple of years where he averaged 28, 27, 28 points a game. He's been a pretty good playoff. He's not been playoff Paul. He shouldn't never give himself that name. But um, it doesn't surprise me him coming out and saying that because he he was in a funk. That he he was a bad player. He wasn't just in a slump. He was a you know he probably was the Clippers' eighth best player in the last three games, and he was hard. I mean, before last night. Uh, For that three-year stretch, he was a horrible player. He was shooting like 29%, couldn't throw it in the ocean. So you had that going on. Also, of course, this past weekend, or last Friday, you had the Nas album coming out. Um, Nas back with with King's Disease. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of art. Piece of art. It's a masterpiece, uh, especially if you're my age. Um, I mean, it's music, music for everybody, especially if you grew up. Listening to Nas and Jay-Z and that whole, that gang of rappers and, you know, Biggie and, you know, that 90s gang with Method Man and Wu-Tang, that whole era. Um, This, you know, this is, I think this is his best album since Stillmatic. I'll say that. I'm not going to say it's his best album. This is his best album since Stillmatic, without question to me. Um, Nas has been doing a lot of interviews lately. Uh, I heard him on The Breakfast Club. Uh, yesterday, did a, about an hour interview and found it curious that he, you know that he said that the uh, that the Kanye album that came out two years ago was uh, was a rushed project. A lot of people didn't like that. pro didn't like that album. I I love the album. I love Nasir. Uh, that album. I think I listened to it a lot. Only seven tracks. I I had no problem with the album, but apparently a lot you know a lot of diehard Nas fans or a lot of people in the hip hop community was not we're not filling that album and I guess in some ways is the way to way to blame kanye but um you know he talked about i mean he wasn't throwing kanye in the bus but he talked about the fact that Kanye was so busy that they didn't get a chance to work uh closely you know real real close together to a point to where it felt like the project was rushed and again I don't think he's blaming anybody I think he's more of a, a case of, of circumstances but go out there go out there, extreme King's disease it is a just uh, it's an album that um, you know. It's a boy. It's a, cl- it's a classic album. It's about at least you know. It's a quick album about forty minutes. Uh, the pacing, the production, Hit Boy. The production is just insane. I mean, I think it could be his maybe his best produced album. I will say that it might be his best produced album. Maybe outside, of, maybe outside of Illmatic, maybe his best produced album. But um, you know, Nas is you know. Nas is an interesting place because you come out with a classic album at the age of, you know, I think Nas is like 48. I think Nas is younger than Jay Z. He's just turned 50. Nas is about two or three years younger than Jay I want to say Nas. Is, Nas might be 50. Well, Nas is 48, 49. Um, but he's coming out with another project with, with uh, Dr. Dre. I don't know if that's dropping 40 years out, but it seems like Nas is in a place where he's um, – He's about, he's, you know, about to hit this nice another sweet spot in his career, and to me, I mean, I already had Nas, In, in my opinion, my humble opinion, as the greatest rapper of all time, not the greatest entertainer or businessman in terms of rappers, but the greatest rapper of all time. But uh, this album, adds to his list of of classic albums, he now now there's no debate in regards. He has three undeniable classics with Illmatic, Stillmatic, and now King's Disease. So. I uh, definitely strongly recommend that album. Um, go out there and get that. Uh, we'll see what happens with the NBA. Uh, getting back to the NBA, of course, the big news today, tonight, that three NBA, all three games were postponed, beginning with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, refusing to um, refusing to play, uh, boycotting this particular game because of uh, the murder, not the murder. I shouldn't say that because he's still alive, but the shooting of seven seven the shooting of Jacob Blake. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, um, shot from behind seven times by the police. Um, so give Milwaukee all the credit in the world. We know that organization is a progressive organization with their ownership, and uh, you know, very interesting to see what the players what the players do next uh, in terms of demands that they make, how many games will they sit out, will they be some? they I guarantee I'll tell you this: there will be some players that that will probably not want to return for the rest of the season. You're going to hear that. There are going to be some players out there. Do, do not be surprised if you have some players who say who say yeah, who say that, I don't want to play for the rest of the season. But uh, we'll see what happens. That's going to wrap it up in this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I will see you later on in the week with a full Real Deal Podcast and, of course, the Wire remix on Sundays with Robert Sapp, the last episode was out. Duck and Cover, season two, episode eight. Check it out on my uh check it out on my YouTube. My YouTube channel. Check it out on my uh, it's also on my Instagram page, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, Apples, iTunes, anywhere you can find podcast podcasts. Be safe. Have a great rest of your evening. I'm out.